Welcome to Wednesday Bible Study. This is Pastor Logan. Uh, we're going to continue in our journey in the book uh, by Richard J. Foster, Celebration of Disciplines. Uh, I hope you've been going along with us, and also you have notes there. If you go to our uh, Facebook page, um, you should see um, uh, the notes for uh, this week. So anyway, we're going to get started. Uh, before we do, though, remember prayer again on Friday at noon. Uh, also remember that we're doing 24-hour prayer every Tuesday. If you would like to sign up for one of those blocks of hours, uh, feel free to give our, our uh, call our office or uh, contact uh, us through email or by text. And um, so let's get going. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, time, this opportunity to grow, to develop, uh, to learn more, uh, to be transformed. We thank you by this uh, wonderful work by Richard J. Foster that we believe was given to him by your spirit uh, to help us to transform uh, into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can enjoy you uh, more in our lives. And as we go through the celebration of disciplines and uh, more specifically the discipline of worship, I ask that you would think through my mind and speak through my lips. And Holy Spirit, I give way to you uh, this this morning, uh, this afternoon, uh, to do as you will and to do as you choose. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I hope you've been going along with this. As I said before, uh, we're going to continue in the discipline of worship, hopefully uh, get, out, get it all done. I think we've been here now for at least two weeks, possibly three weeks, and it's just a big, it's a full chapter uh, on, uh, on what it means to worship and how worship uh, transforms us the fruits of worship, the preparation for worship, who is the leader, the true leader of worship. We'll be going over today, steps to worship. Uh, and so that so we're not casual about the things of God. Um, God is, is, he's the ruler of the universe. He's the sovereign king of all the earth. Uh, and there is a certain a way that we approach him. There's a way that we prepare ourselves to approach him. Um, not unlike an earthly king or an earthly president, I'm sure that there would be some preparations before we go in the presence of an earthly uh, authority. Well, how much more so as we go into the presence of Almighty God? There should be a level of preparation. There should be uh, something about us that is, that is uh, just short of professional in the sense that... Um, He's our heavenly father. He is our father, but he is a king. And even though he's our father and he's the king and we have access to him through the blood of Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, there is nothing casual about God. Uh, he's not someone that we just kind of come in in attitude any way we'd like. Uh, uh, he is to be highly respected above all else. And so... Let's get back into it. We're talking about preparation for worship right now, and we have a few more points to make there, and then we're going to go get into um, um, the um, steps to worship and uh, who is the leader of worship. So number eight on your list, if you're looking through uh, preparation for worship, says next, lift into the light of Christ. This is talking about preparation for worship. Lift into the light of Christ, the pastor and other worship leaders. Picture the Shekinah of God's radiance around them, inwardly release them to speak the truth boldly in the power of the Lord. So when we come together corporately, 
you're not just passively sitting there. You are actually lifting up your pastor, or in this case, myself as your pastor, and you're believing God to flow through him, to flow through that person to bring you the word of God so that the Shekinah, the heaviness, the weightiness of God would come through. That's part of the preparation for worship, that we're not... Uh, again, passively standing by, hoping something comes to get us. I hope I get something today. No, we're here to give something. Uh, and also, we are, we are um, proactively engaged in the worship setting by lifting up the pastor, believing God's best through the pastor, expecting that God would speak through that man or woman of God who's about to minister to you. So that's not passive. That's not sitting down, lounging in the chair and just, okay, I hope something falls on me today. No, we are actively engaged in the worship setting, in the corporate setting of worship. Think about it this way. When you come into the, to the, uh, the corporate setting of a, of a church, um, you're not just coming and you're not loose in your mind. You're not just getting there, having uh, pampered yourself along the way as you're getting there, fussing with the children, fussing with the husband. No, you're coming to worship God and you want it to be extremely impacting. And so when you come in there, you are preparing in every way. Football players do it all the time. They, they, they shut down everything. They put everything away. They, they, they prepare themselves for the place in which they're about to go into, the arena of sport. It's not a loose environment. At least it wasn't when I was playing football way back in high school. Man, we prepared. And this is just high school ball. We prepared our minds for the game. There was not a lot of noise going on. There wasn't gibbering and jabbering and goofing off and people talking amongst. As a matter of fact, if there were, if there, if there were those who dared to, to kind of uh, be loose and, and, and goof off, man, they were corrected really quick, either by the team players themselves or by the coaches, because the mindset is we're preparing to go to battle. We're preparing and we're expecting things, so our mind needs to be right in that. So we're lifting up one another. You know, if you see someone down on the side of the bench over there while prepare, uh, prep, uh, prior to the game, you're like, hey, man, let's go. And you're looking a little down. Let's, let's get up. And, and you're, you're just believing. It's an atmosphere where everyone is believing for the best. Number nine. When people begin to enter the room, glance around until you see someone who needs your intercessory work. Perhaps their shoulders are drooped or they seem to a bit sad. Lift them into the glorious, refreshing light of his presence. See the burden tumbling from their shoulders as it did from pilgrims in Bunyan's allegory. Hold them as a special intention throughout the service. If only a few in any given congregation will do this, it will deepen the worship experience of all. So, so we're we are looking around. I'm in our sanctuary right now as I'm sharing this. And, and if all of us, at least a few of us, when we come into the worship setting, will look around. If you see someone whose who's content or, or, or their disposition um, is down or, or they just seem to be drooping, as it were, um, don't, you don't have to necessarily go up to them and pray for them unless God leads you, unless the Spirit of God leads you, but begin to pray for them. You know, begin to silently lift them up in prayer. Believe God that 
that, that whatever is on them will be shaken off so that they can receive the word of God un, uninhibited, un, unhindered uh, by any demonic forces. Um, that's what we do because we see ourselves as a corporate body. When, when our teammate wins, we all win. When our teammate does something well, we all get something well. If our teammate is lifted up and the burdens are removed and, and the, the cares are cast off of them and they're able to receive from the word of God into good soil, then that affects every one of us. We have to begin to see uh, this walk of faith not as an individual walk but as a corporate walk that we're literally all in this together and we need to uh, be concerned about our brothers and sisters who are around us, so much so that we're spotting them out. We're looking around. Is there anyone here that just looks like they might not be able to receive the word of God today? That's why it's so important. My goodness, it's so important when people come into our churches that the greeters and the ushers are on their game, that they're not, you know, uh, busying themselves with all kinds of other things and forgetting that people are coming into our sanctuary hurting then they're, they're downcast uh we we've got to be on it because we want them to receive we want them to be able to receive in the worshipful uh, environment and so that puts us in another mindset that we're not coming in kind of scatterbrained and looking all around and worried and concerned about other things as i think i mentioned last couple of weeks ago we don't have the martha spirit busying ourselves instead we are we are preparing to sit at the feet of jesus and worship so let's make sure that we are mindful of that. It is indeed a corporate discipline of worship. We're doing it corporately and we need to be mindful of every part of the body that is there at the time. Number 10, another vital feature of the early Christian community was their sense of being gathered together in worship. First, they were gathered in the sense that they actually met as a group. And second, as they met, they were gathered into a unity of spirit that transcended their individualism. And in contrast to the religions of the East, the Christian faith has strongly emphasized corporate worship. Even under highly dangerous circumstances, the early community was urged not to forsake the assembling of themselves together. Why would God even put that in scripture if it were not important? Not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Because a one piece of wood on a fire will do a little bit of work. But multiple pieces of wood on a fire will do a great work. Even the kindling that causes the fire to begin to, to start. What if you begin to see yourself as kindling? You know, that which starts the fire, that which gets the logs going. You know, the fire can't really get going well unless there's some kindling. And uh, so what if that usher, that greeter, that member who comes to church is part of that kindling and see themselves as a starter of the fire, you know, praying for. I'm here to, you know, before I even listen to the word for myself, you know, and, and expect, you know, what I can get from it. I'm looking around to see, man, what what. What, who's down? Who, who can I get fired up? Who, who can I set on fire? Who can I warm up? And then as we all come together, even the wet wood will dry out if there's enough wood in there that's already fired up and ready to go. 
All we're saying here is that corporate worship is vitally important. Corporate worship takes our eyes off of just me and mine and I and puts it on we. You know, a good indicator as to where someone is is how often they use the word I versus how often they use the word we. Uh, you often hear football players, especially quarterbacks, you know, the smart ones will always give credit to the we, to the guys who were blocking for them, to the guys who were going down the field to catch the ball, to the guys who they, they always say, you know, you know and, and that's smart. But it's not only smart, but it's true. You know, they can't do it by themselves. They have to have those 300-pound linemen that are up there blocking for them. They have to have that, that, that those fleet-footed uh, receivers that are out there running down the field, and all they have to do is get the ball to them. You know, they cannot do it themselves. They can't pass the ball themselves, run down the field themselves, catch the ball themselves, block for themselves. So it's always important to understand that we is better than I. And in the sense of worship, it is the same way. When we come with an attitude of the we, when we come with an attitude of not forsaking ourselves as the manner of some is, it's important for us to understand that it is, it's, in, it's, it's incumbent on us believers to, if, listen, if during this time, I understand we're, we're in a, a very different time for all of us, but there should in all of us be longing for the day where we're able to get back together again in corporate worship. And for those who have been coming uh, and, and for those who have yet to come back, um, there should be a long. If you don't have a longing to get back together with the corporate, um, there's something wrong with that. There's something tremendously wrong because you were not made to be an island. You were made to be with other believers. Just like my foot was not made to walk and live by itself, it needs my legs, and my legs needs my knees, and my knees need my joints and my hip, and my hip bone needs, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it's important for us to understand that, um, that if, if we're not longing to be back together again, if you're not longing, if you're like, man, that's the best thing that ever happened. I don't have to be around those people anymore. I don't have to go to corporate worship anymore. I'm just, then something is wrong. And you need to ask God to help you want to be in the corporate fellowship again. God, help me. I, I want to be. Help my desire to be with other believers of like precious faith. Because you said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. So I know some of you have legitimate reasons for not being in church. Not just New Day Christian Church, but all the churches out there. But but as soon as you are able, you need to get back in the corporate place of worship again. And if you are able, if the, the only thing that's holding you from being corporate is fear, then you need to get back in here. You need to get back into where uh, the word of God and the believers are so you can be in a worshipful environment once more. You were not made to be outside of the body. Okay, no pressure, no condemnation. But all I'm saying is that if you are able, not not because of fear you're staying away, not because of comfort or convenience you're staying away, uh, but but out of out of some real legitimate um, uh, concerns, I suppose uh, that you are not in in the worshipful environment. Um, as soon as you can, man, get back in. Get, 
get back into that place. Long for it. If your longer is messed up, ask God to give you the longing to be back together. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It's needed. You need it as much more than you think you do. Number 11, in addition, when the people of God meet together, there often comes a sense of being gathered into one mind, becoming of one accord, according to Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. Thomas Kelly writes, a quickening presence pervades us, breaking down some part of the special privacy and isolation of our individual lives and blending our spirits within a supernatural life and power. An objective dynamic presence unfolds us all, nourishes our souls, speaks glad, unutterable comfort with us, and quickens us in depths that had, bever, had before been slumbering. There's something that quickens us, man and woman of God, when we come together with those of like precious faith. There's something that causes our, our spirit to jump when we are uh, with those. At least it should. At least it should. You know, uh, sometimes uh, what happens to people and the reason they stop gathering is because of offense, because of hurt. You know, we used to have a, a little dog uh, around our house. We didn't own that dog. It was kind of like the neighborhood dog. I don't know where that dog came from. And I'm assuming it, it has since passed. It's been many years ago. Uh, but that dog would never come within four to six feet of us, of any humans, really. There was one little girl in our neighborhood that that dog would actually come up to. All the rest of us, uh, someone who looked like us must have hurt that dog at some point. And that dog never, ever got over it. I mean, that dog would never, I mean, it's a cute little dog, but it would never come up to a human, never allowed to. You could feed him, but you'd have to throw the food out to him because he was never going to come up to you and receive the food. And, um, and I think many humans are that way. You know, they have a some level of, of hurt in their minds that won't allow them to get close to other humans. Uh, I, I have personally vowed, and maybe that may not be... That I may change this. I don't know. Um, but I, I, if once we get another dog, I think we're going to have another dog at some point. But I don't want a I don't necessarily want a rescue dog. Now, I, I may get one maybe, but but I don't think I want one because whatever is branded on the brain of that dog when you receive it, especially if he's been through some trauma, it just pretty much stays there. I don't think dogs have the ability to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. So their minds stay in that condition. And whatever narcissism, whatever behavior that they've learned through hurt, through damage, through rejection, through being, it doesn't change. And so you got to deal with that. And there, I think there's some dog lovers out there who are able and willing to do it. I bless you. Thank God for you. Those dogs need home, uh, homes as well. I just don't think I want a dog like that. And some people are like that. They've been so damaged by other people that they are fearful of getting close to others. So, and so they, they are never going to benefit from corporate worship, the discipline of corporate worship, because they won't allow themselves to let go and breathe and, and be close enough to other people so that they can get the fire and the warmth that comes when they really allow themselves to get close enough to others. So that's important. 
It's so vitally important. And see, we can change. God can renew our minds through his word. Our spirits are not um, afraid of other people. Our spirits are not rejecting other people. It's the damage that has taken place in our minds. But God's word can heal that damage so that you can enjoy corporate worship. Number 12, this experience far transcends a spirit decor. It is not in the least dependent upon homogeneous units or even knowing information about one another's lives. There comes a divine melting of our separateness in the power of one spirit. We become wrapped in a sense of unity and of presence such as quiets all words and unfolds us within an unspeakable calm and interknittedness within a vaster life. Such fellowship and worship makes vicarious worship via the media tasteless and flat. Isn't that so true? There's something that cannot be duplicated on media that happens in the presence of other individuals. There's just something that we cannot duplicate um, when we get together as one. However that may be, uh, it's important. We don't need to all come in and think the same thoughts. We don't, you know, we don't have to come in and, and have a kumbaya moment. We can just come in and begin to worship God and be melted into one. I've been in that. I've, I, that has happened to me. I didn't know a single person in the room. But we began to worship God and, and put our attention on him and, and began to adore him and lift up to him and, and talk to God about who God is. And, and, and all of a sudden, we all melt into one big pot and we're all stewed in there together and we're all one just because we began to worship God. Just because we began to lift up holy hands and acknowledge his goodness and his grace and his mercy in our lives. And we began to to, to all of a sudden, we're not black, we're not white, we're not yellow, we're not brown. We are one. And worship brings us into that place of oneness. I don't care where you go. You can go, I've been to Ghana, I've been to Guatemala, I've been to Thailand. And all of those places I've been, one thing that we all understood when we got there, even if we couldn't quite say the words, even if we couldn't quite do the movements, we understood worship. And the next thing you know, we're looking around the room and that brother that we did not know that we were kind of uh, uh, separate from before we got there, all of a sudden, we're worshiping together. We're enjoying one another together. And we're, we're dancing, as it were, together in the spirit of worship. Worship is a universal, a universal language. Worshiping God is, is universal throughout all. It, different demonstrations of it, different ways of, 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 of doing it, so to speak. But the worship is still the same, you know, and that's what we need to really get. It, it is, is that when we do that, we, th there is no disunity uh, within the compounds of authentic worship. You find me a worship you, worshiper, I'll find you a person that is united that doesn't have all of the isms that we've been dealing with in this country today. And so, uh, man, we want the real thing. We don't want something flat. We don't want something that is unreal. We don't want something that we can't touch. All right, the leader of worship. 
Now, notice I said the leader of worship, not a leader of worship. The is a definite article, and uh, not me saying it, uh, what Richard Foster says. He says, the leader of worship. Now, do you know who the, the leader of worship is? Do you know who really should be in charge of worship? Do you know who really should be calling the shots when we are worshiping? Well, let's find out. Number one, genuine worship has only one leader. Let's see if you can guess. Yeah, you guessed right. Jesus Christ or Jesus the anointed one or Jesus the Messiah. When I speak of Jesus as the leader of worship, I mean, first of all, that he is alive and present among his people. His voice can be heard in their hearts and his, and his presence known. <coughs> Excuse me. And his presence known. We not only read about him in scripture, we can know him by revelation. He wants to teach us, guide us, rebuke us, and comfort us. Now, when we say Jesus is the leader uh, of, uh, of, uh, of worship, uh, what we're really saying is that the Holy Spirit, or better yet, Holy Spirit, without the the, Holy Spirit, like a name, Holy Spirit is the leader of worship. Now, how do, why do we say Holy Spirit here? Because Jesus says it is more profitable that I leave because if I leave, John, uh, John 14, I think it is, for if I leave, I will send you the Holy Spirit. I will send you another helper, another advocate who will be with you, who shall be, uh, shall be with you and then shall be in you. And so he's saying that of Holy Spirit. He's saying that he is the real leader of worship. We need to follow the leading of Holy Spirit in worship because he is the one who will communicate to us, who will direct us, who will show us what the Father wants, how the Father desires to be worshipped uh, during that time. And, and he's the one, if we really pay close attention to him, he, he teaches us, he guides us, he rebukes us, he comforts us. He does all of that. And so it's important for us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to know him, to sense him, to uh, respond to him, to not stick him off in a corner somewhere and pretend he's not there, because that's how we grieve him. Number two, further, Christ is alive and present in all his power to save us, not only from the consequences of sin, but from the domination of sin. Whatever he teaches us, he will give us the power to obey. That's important for us to understand. So he's not just telling us to do something and not equipping us to do the very thing he's telling us. What, What good would it be for us to tell someone to do something when we know they really can't do it? So he does both. He tells us what we need to do. But he also gives us the the wherewithal, the ability, his strength to do it. If Jesus is our leader, miracles should be expected to occur in worship. Or Holy Spirit is our leader, miracles should be expected to occur in worship. Healings, both inward and outward, will be the rule, not the exception. Remember when we're worshiping, worshiping is is an expecting an expecting environment. In other words, we're expecting something to happen. We should go into worship expecting Holy Spirit to do something. 
And when we say Holy Spirit, we mean Jesus. We should expect Jesus. We should expect Holy Spirit to do something in our midst in, the, in, in worship. Miracles should take place. Uh, healings should take place. Um, confession. Like, man, I, I sense God so much. Woe is me. Woe is me because I'm standing before a holy God and all of a sudden I feel the nakedness of having done something that I should not do and, and the, the desire for God to pull me to himself and say, it's okay, just repent of it, acknowledge it, and it's okay, I, I, I'm going to send you back out. Those are the things that should take place in the midst of worship. Uh, so there should be an expectation. You know, for a woman who's, uh, who's pregnant, uh, around about that ninth month, they began to expect, or we would say all the way through the pregnancy, from the very day that they find out they're pregnant, they use these words, she is expecting. She's expecting, or they are expecting their child. What do we mean by that? That there's something on the inside that they're expecting to be expressed on the outside. There's a child on the inside that will one day come out. Well, we should go into the environment of worship or we should be in the worship environment. Uh, and as we are worshiping, we should go through the cycles, like we're going through nine months. And, and we should go through there, starting out at the very beginning of it. As soon as we find out we're in worship, we should, or once we get into worship, there should be the wheels going off. We are now expecting, we're expecting, we're expecting, we're expecting. And as we get into worship deeper and deeper, we're getting bigger, as it were. And then we expect by the end of our time of worship or during our time of worship, that there should be a delivery of something powerful from God. The gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of uh, healing, the miracles, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirit, uh, uh, great faith. Something should happen in the midst of worship. I know that I've been in worship before and something swells up on the inside of me, either when I'm individually or when I'm in the corporate worship. Something like sometimes great faith, like I, I need to do this. I, I need to give this. I, I need to say this. I need to go talk to this person. That's what happens when we are living in a place of expectancy uh, within worship. So that should be the rule. Number three. Uh, so this, what are we on now? We're on, yeah, we're talking about uh, the leader of worship. Good. So number three. Final point on this one is, finally, Christ is the leader of worship in the sense that he alone decides what human means will be used. If any, or, or well, human means will be used, if any, individuals preach or prophesy or sing or pray as they are called forth by their leader. Who's the leader? Jesus, or we would say Holy Spirit. In this way, there is no room for the elevation of private reputations. See, see, worship, real worship should be somewhat unscripted. In other words, we're just going to flow with Holy Spirit. Where, where do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to say? What do you want to sing? Do you want the instruments played or not? We're, we're, just, we're just yielding to you. You're the conductor. What do you want done? Not, not being scripted. Not, not trying, okay, this is, this is song number one and here's song number two. You know, sometimes a song is not what the Holy Spirit wants. Because he's communicating to us what God wants. And sometimes Holy Spirit might be telling us one thing 
And here we got our agenda like this. This is no, we're going we're gonna to sing this song. No, we have to flow with Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes you may sing just one song the whole time. You just may sing just, just once. That's the only song you want. And sometimes you gotta, you gotta find it. You know, it's almost like going on a treasure hunt. And, and you gotta find where Holy Spirit is leading. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the little bunny run and I'm gonna follow him because he's gonna tell me where, where to go. You know, I do that when I'm ministering the Word of God. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to track with the Holy Spirit. Which, which vein are you going down? Which direction do you want to change something? Uh, what is it that you want done? You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will change my whole message the, mon- the, 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 the morning uh, before I get ready to minister. Like, I, I want you to go, not, not often, but many times, or in the midst of ministering, I'll take a little, quote, rabbit trail. Uh, uh, down a, 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 in a direction that I sense Holy Spirit leading me. But that's because we're learning how to follow the leading of the real worship leader, Holy Spirit, or Jesus. In my, in my opinion, um, the one and the same in the sense of what they are trying to accomplish. Okay? All right. Uh, number four, preaching or teaching that comes Forth, because the living head has called it forth, breathes life into the worship. Preaching that is without divine unction falls like a frost on worship. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt that? It's like you've just come out of worship and 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 then the preaching goes forth and it just just drowns out or puts a coolness on the worship. Or maybe not preaching necessarily. It could be uh, 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 someone who walks around who's not um, uh, sensitive to Holy Spirit. Or a conversation over here in the corner that someone is unsensitive to the Holy Spirit and is talking about something that is just nonsense and it dampens. Or, or someone sings a song after another song, and that song that they tried to sing because it was on their agenda to sing it, just, just, just rains down a frost on what Holy Spirit was doing at the time. Ah, I've been there, and that's nothing, no judgment against anyone. It's just that that's how it is sometimes, and we have to get beyond that. We're growing to experience more of Holy Spirit in worship, realizing He's the leader. Leaders trying to go over there. We want to pull over here. No, we don't want to do that. We want to listen to where Holy Spirit is going and go with him. Hearts preaching inflames the spirit of worship. Head preaching smothers the glowing embers. There is nothing more quickening than the spirit-inspired preaching, following Holy Spirit, you know, tapping into Holy Spirit. Nothing more deadening than human-inspired preaching. Nothing more deadening, like... You know, it just, it just lands on material and bounces back. There's nothing life-giving about it. It's so important that we learn how to worship by paying attention to Holy Spirit. Let's go through a few more here, and then uh, <coughs> we'll call it. Uh, number five, with all this lofty talk about Christ as the leader of worship, you might conclude that human leadership is unimportant. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
If God does not raise up inspired leaders who can guide people into worship with authority and compassion, then the experience of worship will be nearly impossible. So he's not saying here, Richard Foster, that is, is saying that, that Holy Spirit leadership uh, makes all other leadership uh, null and void. He's saying that the leader is Holy Spirit and the leader of human in worship follows the leadership of Holy Spirit. And he ushers us in as he's watchful of Holy Spirit. He's, he's leading us as, as he watched the true band, band major. He's watching and, he's, and that person is doing everything that, that, that uh, the Holy Spirit is doing. So it's, in, it's vitally important for the worship leader to, uh, to be a good follower of Holy Spirit. That means that throughout the course of their life, not just on Sunday mornings, that they are uh, followers of Holy Spirit. It's not compartmentalized. It can't be, well, I'm following him because I got to lead worship this morning, but I'm, a, I'm following everything else uh, the rest of the time. It's got to be a dedication to listening to, hearing from, following leadership of Holy Spirit all the time so that when you are in this kind of setting of, of, a, of a worship service, that you can discern the voice of Holy Spirit and shift and turn and go in another direction. Not because you're mad, not because you're trying to manipulate, but because Holy Spirit is taking us in that direction. I hope that makes sense. All right. Uh, should I go over avenues of worship? You know, I thought I was going to go a little bit further today, but I, I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not going to get there. So let's just stop right there for today. And next time we pick up, we'll finish our worship. But it's just that important. I think, again, this is our third week of this, of uh, going on uh, the discipline of worship. It's a, it's a rather long chapter, but I understand why, because we were made to worship. That's our job in the earth, is to worship. So there should be a lot of time spent understanding what worship is and how organic it is, because it is just simply following leadership of Holy Spirit. It's watching him throughout the week, throughout the day, uh, listening always. What does he want me to do? Does he want me to call someone? Does he want me to speak to someone? Does he want me to give something? To listen constantly to his voice. And by reason of usage, we're able to discern more about what is good and what is evil. All right? So I, I would say to us before I close out this this. Uh, this afternoon, and for some of you that will be watching it later this evening, um, learn and practice the presence of Holy Spirit. Practice the presence of Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? Look inward. Always listen to the voice from within. Make decisions from within. Learn how to know what Holy Spirit is saying by trial and error at some times. You know, you know, you may miss it sometimes, but hey, miss it forward. Don't miss it backwards. Don't miss it standing still like I'm afraid to do anything. You know, just begin to make it your attempt, even if it's to open the door for someone uh, at the grocery store. Maybe it's to, to pay for someone's grocery. Maybe it's to pay for someone's lunch. Maybe it's to go down the street to your neighbors and, and just say hello, you know, uh, or stop 
as you're in your busy way, you know, stop and say something or spend a little time with someone. But just get into the habit of the little small things that allow us to get to the big things of worship. God bless you. Thank you for listening in uh, today. And I hope this has been meaningful to you. Remember, we're talking about the celebration of disciplines. And this discipline is the discipline of worship. We'll be back, uh, God willing, next week and we'll cover a little bit more. All right. Remember, if you are interested in uh, uh, the 24 hour prayer, you know, if we need to lock people into more than uh, more than more than two people in one block of hour. Uh, so be it. I'm so grateful to know that somebody is on that wall every Tuesday through through um, uh, the election that are praying and interceding uh, during that time and shaping up. And we're corporately uh, doing it, even though we're not coming together to pray, but we're covering those 24-hour those periods. So please uh, contact us, contact our office, text us, uh, send us an email if you want to be involved, and we'll send you the information that we're using uh, to pray with. And um, so that's that. Remember, we'll be here on Friday, God willing, to, to continue uh, teaching on prayer and the prayer at high noon. Um, I think that just about does it for today. Uh, look forward to seeing each and every one of you uh, as soon as we possibly can get back together again. We're still having services here. You're more than welcome, whether you're a member of this church or not, you're more than welcome to attend one of our two services, one at 8.30 and then the other one at, um, at 10 o'clock. You're more than welcome uh, to be a part of those services. And we, we're grateful for those who have been coming uh, uh, to our services who have not uh, normally attended here. All right, I think I've said enough for today. It's a good day. Uh, remember, this is Wednesday, so we also receive offerings today. You are, uh, if you are listening online, you can send your offering here to the church, or you can send it by way of, uh, of uh, uh, text, or you can give on the online app. And we're so very grateful. Man, God has been so good, and he's been allowed us to to receive and, and sustain us here. People have taken God at his word and have, have given uh, to the work of ministry while we're here. And so we're grateful for, to that. Uh, continue to do so. Remember, don't, be, don't compromise in, in, in the area of your giving. Uh, God is faithful, and he will increase your capacity to do good as you, as you take what you have and do uh, good with it. Let's pray and we're closed. Father, again, thank you for this day. Thank you for each person who's listening or will listen to this uh, broadcast, this streaming message today. Help us to, to become true worshipers, to follow you in spirit or to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. If you're out there, say amen with me. God bless you, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of day. Love you.